as the dawning of the day moves us from darkness to light, so will the entrance of God's Word lighten up your life. Stay tuned for the teaching ministry of Charlotte Favre as she presents this light with Bringing to Light Ministries. Today is your day for victory in Jesus. Good day to you, and I'm glad that you have tuned into our program, Bringing to Light. I am Charlotte Favre, and we're excited as we're looking in this series at preparing for revival. And you know, when you prepare for any event, you've got to believe the event is coming. And we look through scripture and we've been doing this, but we're going to look at some more today and in the next few weeks of why we believe that there is a revival that's coming. So be sure you have your Bibles ready. I will be again giving you some passages in the Word of God. And we want to be where we need to be when God begins to pour out of His Spirit. So again, just be ready. Now I know that Shantae has got some special words she's going to be sharing with you. We appreciate her doing this, but just open your heart and let those truths come there where you are today. Hello, I'm Shantae Hawkman. There is no greater love than the love from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We know in John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. In verse 17 it says that God did not come to condemn the world, but to come to love us and to give His life for us. We know in Romans in chapter 10 and verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. God wants you to give your life to him today. He loves you so much, and there is nothing like knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord. He will give you that peace and that joy in your heart that you need, and it's, it promises us that He will give us eternal life. And we know in Ephesians, it says, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God. It's nothing that we can do in ourselves and who we are, but this is a gift that God has given to us, that we can have eternal life. And it's by His grace and His love. Please Pray a prayer with me today and ask Jesus to be your Lord and to be your Savior. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, I come and I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I ask you to cleanse me and purify me from all sin. I ask you to forgive me for anything, all that I have done. And Lord, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We'll praise the Lord. We know in verse 13 of Romans 9, it says, call upon the Lord and you will be saved. So as you have called upon the Lord today, I believe that you have received Jesus and you have, saved, you have been saved and that you will spend eternity in heaven with me. Well, praise the Lord. Please call or write to us and let us know what God has done for you today. Thank you. Well, praise the Lord. You know, when we begin to think about preparing for revival, 
You know, it's similar if I am preparing to have an event in my home. There are certain things that I'm going to do. I'm going to try to buy the food. I want to make sure that my house is clean. I want to make sure my timing is right, that I have everything cooked and prepared and ready. And anything that I think will make the event a better time for the guests that will be coming to my house, that's what I want to do. But I do believe there is a positioning ourselves before the Lord when we begin to think about revival. You know, I know uh, I've been talking to the people a lot about unity. You know, uh, I can say, well, I'm going to unify with you and you can unify with me. We'll all unify together and everything's going to be great and God's going to move. Well, it'd be nice if that's the way it happened, but it is a work of the Holy Spirit. I may not agree with everything that you may say, biblically speaking. You may not agree with me. But at the same time, when I come into a gathering, let's say a church service, I think the beauty, beauty is when the Holy Spirit begins to move in His children and we yield to whatever that is about. Let's say we're singing a particular song and it's singing adoration unto the Lord. And we all begin to lift our voices in one accord with hearts pure before the Lord and we begin to praise and worship Him. The Spirit of God, the Scripture says it this way, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. We know that's the working of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit begins to draw near to a group of people that is in praise and worship and their hearts are in unity before God, that's where He really moves. Let's think about the upper room. We know that there was 120 that met there for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was very clear, Terry there, and he was sharing with them that until they be endued with power. And we know again, that was the Holy Spirit. Well, what happened? The Bible says they were in one accord. They were in unity together. Their hearts was toward God. Their hearts was believing what Jesus had said would come to pass. And surely on that particular day, as they were in unity in one accord, the Spirit of God came as a rushing mighty wind and it set up on each of them as cloven tongues of fire. And we know they went out from that place and there was 3,000 born again. And soon after there was 5,000 more. That was the beginning, if you will, of people flowing into Zion, people being born again by the Spirit of God. But you know, I'm believing that there's not only the former rain, but there's going to be a greater rain that's coming. The Bible's very clear to ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. I believe there is uh, an outer pouring of the Holy Spirit that's going to come, and it's going to be greater than the former. It's going to be greater than what you saw in and when the Pentecost happened, when the Holy Spirit came down, I believe that truly multitudes are going to flow into the church. I don't know when it's going to happen, but we've got to prepare like it's going to happen right away. I've often asked people, you know, what are you going to do when the Holy Spirit is poured out and where people have heard the gospel, but maybe they've not responded, or people that have said no to God, but yet there's this drawing, or they begin to see the miraculous take place, and they know that God is God, and they want to come to our churches, and they want to know more about this God. And here's this flow of people that want to be born again. Is our churches, are they equipped? 
Are the churches equipped to handle these that are going to come into the house of the Lord? You know, we have a lot on our altar teams already. But, you know, I know that we're not even equipped as we need to be, but I'm believing that in the name of Jesus that we will be is so in believing that there's going to be this last day revival, that there are going to be those that's going to come, they're going to assist us when these multitudes start coming in. So I do, I believe there are things that we need to do to prepare for revival. I know I've said I've preached more than half of my life about revival. I could need to figure that up exactly how long. But I have had an anticipation for a last day revival most of my life. It's been something I've preached. It's been something that I've prayed. And I believe it with all of my heart. <clears throat> do I believe Jesus is coming soon? Yes, he could come today. But I do believe there is a last day revival that's going to be that that will usher in the coming of Jesus. I believe that we are going to see multitudes flow into Zion. So I know again, God has moved upon me many times in prayer about revival. But one thing that is very significant to me, it's been over a year ago when God began to move to, on my heart about a revival, uh, excuse me, a prayer, but it'd be a prayer revival in our church. And I really sought God because I don't mind telling you, I didn't need one more thing to do. Life was busy, but I knew the Lord was speaking to my heart. And you know, when he speaks to us, it's like no matter what you do, where you go, you feel him drawing on you to obey what he is saying. And I did. And I tell you, I know that God has supernaturally brought a group of people together that know how, how to pray and they have a heart towards the things of God. They too are excited about the last day revival that we believe that is coming. There is trouble, there is darkness around our world, but it's not time to sit down and look down and twiddle our thumbs and, and operate out of fear. It is time to lift our heads towards the Almighty God who is the victorious one who gave to you victory and gave to me victory and that Jesus Christ destroyed the works of the devil and he says to us, now you go and you preach the gospel. You will say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, if you've been born again, you have a testimony. Share your testimony with somebody and believe that the Spirit of God will take that and quicken hearts to come to the Lord. So there is an event coming. So we're looking at Scripture and we're saying, God, what do you want me to do? I can't make revival. I can't make unity. Neither can you. And again, as I said before, I know the days that when my daddy would call revivals at the church we attended and a pastor may come and hold a week's meetings and they were good, they were glorious and God did some mighty things. That's not even the revival that I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's not going to be something we call for. We may be asking for it in prayer, but it's something that God is going to do by his spirit. But I think again, positioning ourselves, yes, in unity in prayer and intercession and I'm seeing a hunger for the things of God like I never had before in my life and I'm hearing people preach and I mean it's like they're preaching the glory God let us see your glory 
Father, pour out of your spirit in Jesus' name on all flesh. Lord God, let this be the season of signs and wonders and miracles. Aren't you ready for that? Don't you want to be able to lay hands on somebody and their blinded eyes be open? I am ready for that. Now, I've seen a lot of that, and especially overseas. But let me tell you, I want to see that here in America. I, and I don't want it to be a rare thing. I want it to be something that is ongoing, that we know if we go down here to this church, for example, with this person who is not well, they're going to be raised up. Why? Because God is moving there. That is a people that is in unity, and the Spirit of God is moving. So I believe in those days are upon us, and I'm trusting that you're getting, getting excited about that and that you will pray with us about these things. Now, I want us to look in Joel chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 23, and then we'll read here for a little while, and then we'll talk about these passages. But in Joel chapter 2, 23, it says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Now, when we're looking at former rain and latter rain, we know that in Israel, we would think more about those kinds of things than we think about right now where we are. You know, I would go to the grocery store, and most of you do as well. I don't have a garden where I've sown seed and wait for my harvest to come in and fix it. That would be nice, and I would like that. But I want you to know, especially in Israel, when this is the way the people had food, would be sowing and reaping. So they would sow their seed in the field. And you know what they really wanted right after that seed was sown was a rain to come. So they would pray for the former rain. You know, God rain over our seed that it will spring up and it will grow and it will produce a harvest. And then right there at the harvest time, they would be praying about the latter rain. And this latter rain, again, would come down on the seed that had burst forth in the ground. It might even have the fruit on the end, but maybe it's not completely ready yet. They wanted rain to come down upon that so that they could have a harvest. I believe that on the day of Pentecost, that was the former rain. I believe that that had been preached, and we see examples uh, in through the Old Testament. But when that was preached, it was the seed, it was the Word of God that had been sown. And so the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it began to quicken a lot of the things that God had spoken and declared. But I believe there's a last day revival coming, a latter rain that's going to come. I believe that there's going to be the seed that is beginning to grow and produce, and we're going to see glorious things begin to happen in the church. I want you to know that when we ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain, we are asking biblically because it is very clear in Zechariah to ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. It is time. And it's not, you know, just a church here or a church there or this group of people. I see this going on around the globe, that there's something glorious getting ready to happen. There is an anticipation in the body of Christ that God is getting ready to do something mighty. So when we think about the former rain and the latter rain, we're thinking about the harvest that is yet to come. You think of all the messages that's been preached. I mean, even from the very beginning. Some of that seed has sprung up and there's been a harvest and we're grateful for that. 
But you think of all the seed that has not grown up and matured and presented a harvest. That's what this last day revival is going to be. There is going to be a harvest of souls. And I believe when these multitudes flow into the church with all my heart, I believe Jesus will come and take us home. Because you see, the Bible says that he's coming for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And you know as well as I do, there may be a move of the Spirit of God in our services and we may cry out to God, forgive me of my sin, I present myself unto you as a living sacrifice. And you know where our hearts are right with God. God has moved in that place. But you know, sometimes we'll get right out to the car and get out on the highway and before you know, we're sinning. We're angry at this person that cut us off. We're upset about so-and-so said this. And what happens is we pull back from what God is saying and what God is doing. So we know that this last day revival has got to be something so powerful that as people repent, as they turn to God, then we're going to have to have a quick word. For Jesus to come again for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, he's going to have to come quick because if he doesn't, there's going to be somebody that's going to move back and start sinning or doing something they shouldn't uh, do. So I'm believing it's going to be a quick harvest, and I believe then we're out of here. That can happen in 24 hours. And I am ready as much as anybody for Jesus to come back. But I don't want him to come back until the Father says it's time. And when he does, let me tell you, Jesus is going to be ready to step out on that cloud to come and take his church home. I don't know when it is. Uh, some people can speculate, but I believe it has to be very soon. I really do with all of my heart. So I'm sure that you're praying with me about that. So here we are at Joel 2, 23. Let's look at 24. And the floor shall be full of wheat. And it goes on to say, and they shall overflow with wine and oil. And we know that this is speaking of the word of God and we're talking about the spirit of God. And I will restore to you, God says, the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, my great army which I sent among you. Now think with me a moment. You know, you sow the seed, it grows up. You've got the fruit or the harvest that's there, but you're not taking it in yet. But if there are insects that get into that garden, and when it's talking about the different ones, and when it talks about the locust, it talks about the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, these are different stages of the same type insect. But it is very dangerous to a crop. It can eat it up and it can destroy it. Well, I want you to know Satan has been about sending out demonic spirits to hinder what God is wanting to do. You know, we don't need to think about it as a strange thing, but when God begins to move upon us in whatever he's saying, if it's some kind of ministry, if it's witnessing to somebody, if you're an intercessor, the enemy wants to stop us because he knows what God has spoken is truth. So if he can get our attention off of the word of God and get it on things that are, are try to weigh on us, troubles, problems, whatever that is, don't think it a strange thing if these kinds of things don't come against you or your family. Now, I'd like to tell you, oh, he won't bother you. But let me tell you, he does. The Bible's very clear. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's his business. So I've seen that against our life. And I've seen him try to come in different ways. But I want you to know, just as we see in Scripture, many are the afflictions. What is that? Something that burdens the spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, those that are in right standing with God. 
but he says, but there will be many adversaries. So many are the afflictions of the righteous. But then it says, but the Lord shall deliver them from them all. So even though afflictions will come, you keep your eyes on Jesus. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you the grace that you need in those situations. And he will lead you out of those situations. So don't give up. Don't quit and know that very entity that is coming against you, coming against your family. Jesus Christ rendered him powerless and of none effect. Not for himself. He was already God, but he did it for you and me. Jesus being a man anointed by the Spirit of God. And then the Bible tells us in James 4 and verse 7, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I've seen that. I've seen it on three different occasions when God opened my eyes and when I saw these entities, these demonic spirits, I demanded them to go in Jesus. And as soon as I would say Jesus, they'll curl up. They don't want to leave, but you have the authority to cast them out in Jesus' name. So don't pull back from that. You know, a lot of people, they hear these kinds of things and they think, woo, that's woo, you know, that's like a scary story on TV. Well, let me tell you something. I don't know about the TV program that you saw, but I'm here to tell you, we know that angels are real, but demonic spirits are real. But I want to say again, they are defeated. And you, as a child of God, has been given authority over their attempts against you and your family. God is greater. I love the scripture. Greater is he that is in your heart. Greater is he than he that is in the world. You know, the devil is in the world. Demons are in the world. But God is always greater. And you've been given a name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. So when we begin to see the enemies come in and they want to steal, they want to rob, God says, I will restore to you. I will restore the years that the locust has eaten and it goes on. So God is in the restoration business. And you know, there's been times when I realized that he was coming in in one way and it looked like he was stealing from me. You know, it looked like he was coming against our finances. It would look like when I'm praying for somebody that they're getting worse rather than better. But I want you to know we have a promise that God will restore what the enemy has stolen. So don't quit. Don't give up. Keep declaring the word of God. And I assure you, as much as I am sitting in this place, we're going to see a turnaround. We're going to begin to see God move like we've never seen before. And even the things that you've read about, especially when we think about the book of Acts, we're going to see God do greater things than I believe we even read about in Scripture. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my children, my people, shall never be ashamed. They shall never be put to shame. God will not leave you in a sense of shame. He will allow what you've prayed about and what you have declared to come to pass. As I've already said, I've been praying most of my life for this last day revival. I want to see it and I trust I will. But I have to say, even if I don't see it, my prayers will avail much. My preaching will avail much. I have sown the seed and it will spring up and it will come to pass in the name of Jesus. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel 
And it says, and I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord, your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed or put to shame again. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men, they shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out of my spirit. Let me tell you, a lot of people say, well, that's already happened. There has never been a time that the Spirit of God was poured out upon ALL, all flesh in the earth. That has not happened yet. Well, does that mean everybody's going to go to heaven? You know, even after the Spirit of God it comes upon all flesh, the enemy we know is going to muster up even a greater army and he's going to send them forth to distract those that have experienced the reign of the Spirit of God. Even though many of them will see the miracles, there will still be those that will reject the Lord God Most High. And you know, that grieves me and that sad, saddens me that the enemy would be so good at what he does in deceiving people to believe a lie. But we have a promise that the Spirit of God will be poured out upon all flesh. So what am I saying in all this? Do you believe our revival's coming? We can say we do, but do we really believe it? You know, again, I, I think it's important that not only do we do what God is telling us to do today and that we're faithful in that, but we're open to whatever else that God may be speaking to us. What is He saying to you? I'm trusting that you will begin to seek God and He will lead you and direct you. Don't ever say, well, I'm not smart enough or I don't have this kind of money or I need this. Let me tell you, God already knows what you have need of. But if He's called you to do anything, be obedient because He will help you and He will strengthen you that you are positioned for the revival. That's all the time we have. God bless you and I love you. I love you all. Hello, I am Shantae Hockman. Are you in an area in your life where you need a healing or a touch from the Lord? God wants to touch your body or to just even touch you emotionally and give you His peace that passes all understanding. We know that the Bible gives us many promises of God's healing power. In Isaiah 53, in verse 4, it says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I believe that God wants to touch you today in a mighty way. We believe in God's word and in his promises. And I feel that we can just hold fast to his promises every day and to speak his word. I know that when my little boy was sick, that I just spoke the word over him and I said, Micah, you will live and not die and you will declare the works of the Lord. And I know that the word says that Jesus, he sent his word and Jesus is the word. God sent his word to heal all of, our, of us from our sicknesses and diseases. Can I pray with you today that God will touch your body wherever you are. It, the promise says that he will bring us peace 
and it says that God, He even bore the grief and the sorrow that you may have today, that God wants to touch you mentally, physically, spiritually in every way. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister today. Father, wherever they are, God, you know their need. And Father, I'm asking of you to touch their bodies. Lord, to minister peace and joy and strength to their hearts today. Father, I thank you for a healing in their bodies that we can just hold fast to your promises that by Jesus' stripes we are healed and we are whole. And Father, we thank you for your healing in my brother and sister today. Father, just touch their bodies by your power and by your might. And Father, we thank you for it that they are healed and they are whole. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We'll praise God. Please write to us or call and let us know what God has done for you today. And I'm believing and I stand fast in prayer for your healing and from a touch from the Lord. Amen.